Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Major League Baseball draft gets going at 4 p.m. Central time today. The Texas Rangers have the number 14 overall pick. And if you guys want to throw in your ideas for who the Rangers might select, go ahead and text those in 877-881-1053. But Outside of that, this is a unique opportunity, and I really wanted to take advantage of it. We have Mike Bassick on the show. In 1996, he was selected in the Major League Baseball draft. So I wanted to walk through the process of what it was like, the nerves, everything surrounding that. And if you have any questions for Bassick about that experience, feel free to text those in as well. But first, Bassick, a quiz. Okay. Do you know the round and pick number you were in 1996? I know the round. It was the 18th round. I want to say it went in like a, a numerical order. Was it 543? It was. You were the 543rd overall pick in I the draft. I think there was one or two other people besides me that made the major leagues from the 18th round. Oh, I, really? I, you know, now, this is, I remember looking at this years ago. But I remember looking at the 18th round of the 1996 draft, and there was, I know one, and I can't remember who, and maybe two uh, besides me. So there are either two or three guys from the 18th round of the 1996 draft that made the major leagues. All right, so I want to start there. And I've had a lot of conversations with you off air about this, especially when we're off in uh, spring training. So I, I don't know, you know, what all you've got into on air, what all you have not, but... What? Not much. Gavin and Jeff didn't care. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. Also, the Major League Draft has not ever been really a showcase thing. Yeah. Today is the first time ever where there's not 10 Major League Baseball games going on while the draft is going on. Okay. Well, I am definitely interested. So, my first question is, and I've kind of talked with you about this before, were you disappointed in where you went because I know talking with you, there was a time where you absolutely thought you were one of the, if not the best high school baseball player in America. Yes. Yes. And I still think in 1996, it would be hard to find a better high school player than me. Very braggadocious. Maybe you can call it arrogant, but because I could, I was, I think one of the best defensive first basemen in the country for 18 years old, one of the best hitters in the country and one of the best pitchers in the country. I think for high school, I was one of the, I'll say, 10 best players in the country. But that doesn't mean I was one of the 10 best draft prospects in the country because, you know, you're, I wasn't Shohei Otani. I couldn't throw it 100 and hit the ball 500 feet. 
but for just as a high school player, I believe I was one of the 10 best high school players in the country that year. All right, Jameis. We're <laughs> the best of all time. Where Okay, did you get a sense, and I know times are different now, did you get a sense from your – did you have an agent at the time, or was that no. not allowed since you, you had – You could have an advisor, okay. but I didn't even have an advisor. I mean, luckily, like I said before, my dad played Major League Baseball, and so I had Tom Grieve uh, to call if, you know, I got drafted and negotiations were happening. I mean, I had kind of in, in my – in my house, a, a person who had played Major League Baseball. So I had a little bit of uh, a, a heads up. Like, I, I didn't really need an agent. And also, as we got close to the draft, I was getting told that I was going to be as high as a third-round pick okay, and, and maybe as low as a fifth-round pick. So I was getting told by uh, multiple teams that – uh, you should be somewhere around a third and fifth round pick. Okay, so what happened then in terms of, and how did you track the draft? And what ha- <laughs> I have a feeling I know yeah. what happened because okay. once you get past like the fifth round, teams assume they won't be able to convince you to skip out on college because right. of the money thing. Is that and accurate? Ha- yes, and I had close to a full scholarship to Texas Tech. There's only 11.7, but because most colleges saw me as a guy who could start at first base and also pitch. They saw me as a, a, a almost a, a double player for their team. For college baseball, they saw me as a guy who could be in their everyday lineup and also pitch. So that's why a person like Josh Bell, who was better prospect than me for, for Major League Baseball at Jesuit, he was only a 50% scholarship guy because he could only play the outfield. Okay, where gotcha. I could play and also pitch. So if Josh Bell could also be a great pitcher, he would have gotten something like an 80 or 90% scholarship offers like I was getting. Um, there was no way to the follow dr- yeah, the draft. Yeah. It wasn't on television. It, it happened during the midday. There was, at my house at least, there was no internet. And the internet was, you know, in 1996, yes, there was internet, but it was dial-up. It was super slow. Most people didn't have it in their homes. It was something that maybe a couple computers had at your school uh, at the time. And just to give you an idea, two weeks later when Baseball America came out, their draft edition, their post-draft edition, and Baseball America was the number one thing to cover the draft back then, they were having to call up college coaches, high school coaches. If they personally had the number of some, some premium players, they were calling you up and they were saying, hey, we're trying to put together our draft, our post-draft edition. Uh-huh. Can you tell us, Vanderbilt and UT head coach, where your guys got drafted? Because if they weren't drafted in the first round or like the, 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 the like picks this tonight, which will be picks approximately 31 through 37 – you didn't know who got drafted. So Baseball America is like, this is the best we can do. We think this was the Cleveland Indians' first 10 picks. We think that this is who they drafted in rounds 1 through 10. They had a great idea who they drafted. They knew who they drafted in round 1. By the way, it was Danny Peoples from Round Rock who went to UT. Uh, but um, like they were trying to piece together. Who did they take in the 2nd through 10th round? by calling up college coaches, high school coaches, scouts, and trying to get an idea of who they took. That's how 1996, how tough it was to even 
figure out who got drafted and where. So who told you and how, or how did you know when you had actually been drafted then? I was playing at the time. My high school season had just ended. We lost in the regional semifinals. And so I had just started playing for the Dallas Mustangs. Uh, and, like, we had John Patterson, who was drafted in the top ten. I believe he was drafted six overall or seven overall. He wasn't going to play for us anymore because he wasn't going to get hurt while, you know, millions of dollars were on the table. But at the time, I was going to go play because – I had been called by the Cleveland Indians during the day. My mom and dad were at work, and so the Cleveland Indians called the house, and they said, hey, we're in the sixth round. Will you take $100,000 and a full scholarship to Texas Tech uh, to sign? And I said, no, I'll take two hundred. And they said, we can't do that, and hung up the phone. That was the only call I received. Wow. So at that point, I knew they were in the sixth round of the draft. Uh, which was really disappointing because I thought I was going to be a third through fifth rounder and was really hoping to maybe even jump up, you know, into maybe the second round. But we got to the sixth round. Cleveland Indians called me up, uh, and I just blurted out. It wasn't like I'd really discussed this for a long time. Uh, just like, hey, 200 in school and I'll do it. And that was off the top of my head. And they hung up the phone. They ended up drafting me later. There was 18 rounds on day one of the draft. And then they went to rounds like 19 to to when they actually just wanted to stop the draft. Back then, you would just go until finally all the teams said, we don't want to draft anybody anymore. That's going to hurt your feelings. There's like 60-something rounds uh, back then. And so – what happened is my mom knew of a mom that had some sort of a cell phone, you know, it was kind of more of those block cell phones back then. So as I was in the dugout playing for the Dallas Mustangs that day, I believe we were at TCA, Texas Christian uh, Academy, the high school playing a game. And uh, I was playing for the Dallas Mustangs. And back then there was just one Dallas Mustangs team. Now there's like 3,000 of them. It's just the way it's exploded. So if you played for the Mustangs, you were kind of – all of us were talking about where we got drafted. Because yeah. now Vern, Vern, like Vernon Wells was on the team. He was a junior. He ends up getting drafted, you know, I think fourth overall in the 1997 draft. So, But most of us are talking. My buddy Pat Burns, who I know listens to the station, he's a Tolo. He was from Denton Ryan. He was drafted in the fifth round. Jeremy Hill was drafted by the uh, Kansas City Royals in the fifth round. He was from W.T. White. So it made me even more disappointed. Nothing, you know, look, I was a cocky, super stud, you know, high school player. I was like, damn, how did you guys get drafted higher than I got Wow. But they had made a deal for, I won't say their number. That's not me to share how much money they got out of the draft. But they had cut a pre-deal. If you draft me, I will take this number. So they were drafted a little bit higher because they had given um, some teams a number that they will sign for. I didn't. And the reason I got drafted in the 18th round and not the third through the fifth round is I sign a week later with the Cleveland Indians who drafted me in the 18th round. Um, And one of the scouts for the Yankees comes up to my dad because my dad is at a summer league baseball game. They're like, man, we can't believe your son signed. And they're like, why can't you believe it? And they're like, man, we got feelers out a week before the draft that your son wouldn't sign unless we gave him half a million dollars. Oh. So there was that. So what got passed around, which I didn't know, and I didn't put Pass out. around from where, though? I don't, I don't know. You know, it just probably they're just trying to get indications, maybe talking to my high school coach, maybe talking to Texas Tech, who I'd sign with, you know, like, and look, I, I w- it, was t- it was going to be a tough decision for me. It was not an easy decision for me to sign pro versus going to Texas Tech is 
uh, they had just gotten the indication if if you were going to sign Bassick out of high school and get him to go away from Texas Tech, uh, the rumor was that I was going to need approximately half a million dollars to do it, which was never the case. So that's why I fell, and I'm really happy the Cleveland Indians you know, stayed on me because when they called in the sixth round and offered me $100,000 and I said no to that and they hung up the phone and didn't draft me, I really thought going to – that Dallas Mustang game, which I was really disappointed, like driving out to that game. I thought I have to get my head around that. I'm going to Texas tech. Yeah. That, that I kind of felt like this was going to be awesome. I obviously wanted to get drafted by the Texas Rangers. I mean, that was the dream. If I could get drafted by the Texas Rangers, that's why I'm so excited to talk to Bobby Valentine. He wasn't the manager in 96, but I mean, my dream was always to play for the Texas Rangers. I wanted to get drafted high. And since I didn't get drafted, um, I didn't think I was getting drafted that day. I just thought, man, oh, I'm going uh, to Texas Tech. That's great. I mean, I'm excited about that. My future wife is going there, who is my current wife, and that's kind of why I chose Texas Tech. Is um, It was just what I thought was going to happen. I was really disappointed. My buddies had got drafted higher than me uh, you know, on the Dallas Mustangs. I was happy for them, but I was also inside you know, my head going, how did I get how did I not get drafted later? I find out right. later that day I did get drafted. But, like, how did this happen? And, you know, kind of put the pieces together a little bit later so, on why I fell so much in the draft. And then how did you decide to take that money and how did that negotiation go? Because they said 100000 You said no. You said 200000 They said no. I, If you're comfortable sharing, I... yeah. Uh, they came to my house uh, about a week later. This was the draft, just real quickly, where Bobby Say, Matt White, it's really funny, you never heard of Matt White, he ends up getting $10 million because some guys in John Patterson was drafted that year too out of uh, Orange, Texas. He was playing for the Dallas Mustangs like at the time. They all confr- They all sued Major League Baseball somewhat because – you have to offer a contract within two weeks of getting drafted. And if you don't put that piece of paper in front of the player, then you didn't offer them a contract within the two-week period after drafting them. And by rule, you can become a free agent. Well, there was four guys that were top 10 picks in that draft. And then you had the expansion happening of the Arizona Diamondbacks and um, the the Tampa Bay Rays. At the time, and so they're like, look, they have a lot of money. They don't even have a major league team, but they do have a farm system with a lot of money. So the agents got together that had these four guys. I think Mark Kotze might have been the other. I'm not 100% sure, like trying to work off the top of my head of 25 years ago. And they all sued Major League Baseball and said, we are free agents and filed a grievance, and they won. So four of the top ten picks in that draft became free agents. But back to my situation they come to my house at 7 p.m. at night a week later. They offer me 100000 in school, and pretty much I said, man, if I would have just said yes when you guys called me up. Jim Stevenson was the scout who ends up signing me, um, you know, the regional scout in this area at the time for the Cleveland Indians. So they were at my house till 1.30 or 2 in the morning negotiating, and we finally came to agreement $150,000 and a full scholarship to Texas Tech. Uh, for eight, so it's eight semesters. They pay yep. for eight semesters. How much Texas Tech cost? And luckily, I didn't say yes, but I knew I was leaning towards le- yes. I slept on it. Woke up the next morning, called up the Cleveland Indians, and said I want to do this. And then at the last minute, luckily because we needed it later in life, my father said, "Hey, 
I know it's 3500 a semester to go to Texas Tech at this time, but when he goes to school, it might cost more. Can we get this thing just bumped up to 4500 a semester? And they said, no problem, because uh, 75% of that money is never used that Major League Baseball offers in, in college money. And so, luckily, about 2010, 2011, when I went back to UTA to finish off my degree, it cost approximately $4,500 uh, to go to uh, UTA for about four classes so, a and, semester. And then the last question I have for you, because like it's this had dominated your world for you, the majority of your life, what was that feeling when you not only made the agreement, but when you signed the contract? I was excited, but also nervous and scared because I wasn't going to Texas Tech. My buddies that, uh, you know, I grew up with that some of them that were going to Texas Tech, my girlfriend at the time that was at Texas Tech, I had just chosen not to do that. So the path of kind of what we think is normal as a 18 years old, then you go off to college with all your friends or you meet new friends is I wasn't doing that now. Now I was leaving and, uh, you know, I was 18 years old. I was in love. Uh, I wanted to get married uh, at 18 years old. And it was really, that was really tough. So that was a scary part of leaving. And I remember crying, like tearing up at DFW airport when I had to fly to Burlington, North Carolina, uh, you know, to start my career and is the first time ever for me to be away from home. So at 18 years old, I wasn't prepared for how homesick and how much I would miss home um, and how different it would be being with, you know, 23 other young guys that I didn't know and that were all from different backgrounds. And then, you know, all of a sudden getting introduced to Latin Americans. All of a sudden there's about eight to ten guys that are from whether Dominican Republic or Venezuela. It was was shocking for an 18-year-old. From the 469, John Patterson went to my high school. He would show up at baseball events for a couple years but only drove his Viper around and never actually got out of the car. And then from the 214, this is compelling stuff. I've always wondered about Mike's history and draft and college. I was supposed to go back in after my lunch break and be there at 11 o'clock. I stayed a few minutes in the car until this conversation started, and now I'm willing to take up the write-up to hear this all the way through. Oh, so thank you. maybe you can uh, help that person out down the road, Mike. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.